Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and we're in studio on this next episode with Susanna Newell from Minnesota Team Humanity. Susanna started Minnesota Team Humanity to provide hope and bring people together after years of divisiveness. She has learned a lot through her own spiritual growth and journey of her own healing journey since her injury with the COVID vaccine on April 13th of 2021. She went from doing triathlons and the MS-150 bike ride from Duluth to Minneapolis, Minnesota, plus a busy corporate job and a family of teenagers to overnight finding herself bed-bound and often in a wheelchair. She's here with us today to try to shine a light on the fact that all of us in the world have suffered in some way or another from the pandemic, and that we need to see each other's suffering with compassion and empathy. There is still so much division regarding the vaccine she offers that she finds people spend their time pointing fingers at each other as right or wrong. And, and while she willingly took the vaccine and then had a, an adverse reaction, she can clearly see how pointing fingers and divisiveness is not going to help the world heal. She shares her own healing journey with us in this next episode, what she's tried, who she's met, and how Minnesota Team Humanity is providing a space for people to connect, come together, and through compassion, make great change. Join us in this next episode with Susanna Newell from Minnesota Team Humanity with an open heart and a willingness to listen. If stress, pain, or fatigue are part of your life, then consider that your pain and tension may be indicators of what's amiss in your life, and it's time for a new perspective. At Resolve Pain Guru, we're here to help you reconnect with yourself, release tension and pain, move better, and sleep better so that you can do more of what you love. You have the power to take control of your healing journey with our online six-week Change Your Pain course. Learn somatic practices to tap into the wisdom of your body and then learn to trust your intuition. Challenge your thinking and embark on a transformative journey with Resolve Pain Guru as your guide, unlocking infinite rewards along the way. Experience the life-changing benefits of somatic practices at resolvepainguru.com. Register for our six-week pain relief starter series and start your journey to a pain-free life of joy. That's resolvepainguru.com. resolvepainguru.com. At some point, we've probably all felt a little stuck in a rut when it comes to our health, whether it's something physical, digestive, or emotional. This is Dr. Erica Way with Beyond Chiropractic. I'm a holistic practitioner that will take the time to help you transform so you can manifest your optimal life. Don't let unresolved issues hold you back. Come to Beyond Chiropractic in Oakdale and discover the answers your health deserves. Book an appointment today at beyondchiropractic.com. Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, where we speak with heart-centered thought leaders and advocates on their pathways of becoming sovereign and free. And today we're in studio with Susanna Newell, who is here on behalf of Minnesota Team Humanity, which is an organization that came out of her journey of the last three years, um, four almost now, I suppose, Uh since March of 2020, when the world shifted a bit. And um, Susanna, thank you for being willing to come and speak with us and share your story and how your story has led to trying to build a bridge um, to heal humanity. And no matter how you navigate the last three or four years, trying to heal the divisiveness so that we can be stronger together. Um, so welcome. Well <laughs> and thank you. Like, I mean, you put it so beautifully, Elizabeth. That's exactly. I mean, I think my experience, which I can start out and share. Yeah, but, if you don't mind sharing yeah. your story, I, I think our listeners would benefit yeah. by hearing what, how, how, how. 
yeah, your experience. Absolutely. And thank you again for having me here. I feel like my my truth is a little uncomfortable. Um, and so it's hard to find different venues that are willing to let us share, let me and let us, Team Humanity, share our story. So thank you again. I really oh, appreciate it. I really appreciate you taking the time and energy because I yeah. know that that is um, – no small asks. So thank you. It is it is um, a bigger challenge than it used to be. So on that note, I'll yes. just dive into please do tell us um, my experience. So I am I have been injured by the COVID vaccine. Uh, it happened for me after my second Pfizer shot on April thirteenth, twenty twenty one. So it's been two and a half years of being injured. Um, And prior to my COVID vaccine, I was extremely active. I did the MS-150 bike ride from Duluth, Minneapolis, like four years in a row, and did the women's YWCA triathlon like 10 years in a row. So I like to be active and use my body and my mind. And then um, suddenly overnight, basically, it was like within 30 hours, my whole world shifted And I found myself extremely uh, fatigued in a way that was debilitating. I was lying on the couch and ended up with a huge lymph node on the side of my neck and a rash uh, on my forehead and bruising, easily bruising, dizziness, like just a number of things that came on pretty suddenly. And it felt like I had done the triathlon I don't know, like six times in a row. I was like that fatigued. I knew wow. something was wrong, but I. <laughs> well, and I think sharing some of the symptoms you were experiencing helps normalize for people who may be listening who unfortunately may have had a similar experience. So exactly. don't feel like you have to edit your symptoms. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And I think. Um, the more we talk about things like mm-hmm. pains and aches and struggles that we have, either physically or emotionally, the the easier it is or the less shame there is around mm-hmm. suddenly being unable. Like, So I was so able-bodied and then I was suddenly unable. And I think our society puts so much pressure on being human doings instead of human beings that I know I did for myself personally. I happen to have been like valedictorian of my high school and just like super focused on achieving. And my journey has since then shifted. But backing up to that. You were a good (laughs) A-plusser. I was a follow the rules kind of person, um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, Absolutely. Uh, One of the reasons why I got my shot, I did think at the time that it was important, you know, to keep my mom and my sister safe. I knew that I would probably bounce back because I was healthier, but I I didn't want to, um, you know, have them have any undue harm because that that was what was being said at the time, that the shot would actually stop transmission. And of course... Uh, most people know somebody who got the shot and ended up getting COVID. I don't, it's definitely not stopping transmission. So No, in fact, Paul Offit just came out and um, asked for a different data tracking this upcoming winter of like God. who is from University of Minnesota, who is getting sick and who isn't and when was their last shot. Um, Good. I just saw that. Yeah. That's that's important. I think the lack of really following the reactions from the get-go, I ended up in a a famous hospital here in Minnesota (laughs) and for a few nights. After the shot. Yeah. Within five weeks, I was in the hospital and there like for three days. Um, because I was unable to walk. Like my right leg started causing me severe pain and it was burning. And then I was dizzy and I was having like right-sided weakness and my pupils started dilating funny. Like I had just had brain damage of some sort, like, so I couldn't see. Um, So, so many things were going on that kind of looked like a stroke basically, Mm -hmm. or like I was on my way to a stroke. 
Um, so you take this on April 13th of 2021, you take the second Pfizer shot, you end up on the couch feeling like you've run six triathlons mm-hmm. with the symptoms that you've shared. And from there to how many weeks later you ended up in the hospital? Um, I think it was five or six weeks. I waited two weeks to go to the doctor just thinking, oh, this will resolve on its own. But it kept getting worse and worse. And I was running into doors and just weird, scary things were happening. And then it kicked off a whole slew of testing. And then um, then I ended up in the hospital and they frankly didn't know what was going on. I had severe chest pain as well. And tachycardia like your heart beating really fast and it was just kind of a mess and it was actually frankly really scary I personally thought I was gonna die I had my husband bring the will with us when we went to that hospital down south thinking like this is it my body seems to be shutting down I can no longer see I've got weakness the dizziness and it was sudden so it was really scary um, I had erratic heart rate, erratic blood pressure. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a very scary time. Um, over time, I mean, I was in and out. I think I went back to the hospital a couple more times and then to the ER a couple more times and lots of outpatient hospital visits. Uh, but then I got connected online with other people who were experiencing what I was experiencing. What did they say to you when you went to the hospital or when you went to the doctor and shared your experience? Were they receptive? Were they curious? Were they trying to find ways to give an antidote or to eliminate your symptoms? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like it was some of both sort of like you must just have anxiety even though things were presenting pretty crazy they were all over the place like sometimes my blood pressure would just completely spike and I'm sitting there and I'm not looking anxious and um that was a struggle a lot of the time initially out of the gate I would mention hey something's this all happened after the COVID vaccine, but then in time I stopped saying that because I just wanted help. Like I wanted them to believe my symptoms and not write me off as like a crazy anti-vaxxer, which I, I hate the word anti-vax. I think it's divisive. I think Agreed. people who become anti-vax, if you want to use that word, are more just educated at a deeper level and making a choice that's right for them. So I just think it's, again, another way to divide people when really people are all trying their best. But I knew I was getting written off by some of the doctors. I had one neurologist. I asked him for a specific test called the skin punch biopsy for small small fiber neuropathy, which is nerve damage. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew I had it based on my symptoms and talking to other vaccine-injured people. He's like, I'm, I'm not convinced. It's, this is not how it normally presents. And I'm like, well, we're not in normal times. This is a new vaccine. This is, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And why, why not have a more open mind? And, and te- I mean, I, I wouldn't want him to take a biopsy. It's not fun for me unless I thought something was wrong. And it took me like three or four months to convince him. And finally, by December of that year, he did it. And yeah, I had small fiber neuropathy, which I knew I had, and I didn't find out till the following February. And maybe had I gotten some immune therapy treatment out of the gate, I wouldn't be stuck in this more chronic pain state um, that I am today. So I, it's we need to listen sooner and faster to people. And Try and reserve our own judgments, I think. That part breaks my heart for other people who are going through this and showing up at doctor's offices and being brushed aside. I think it's changing now because it's been so long, but we have a long way to go about being open-minded when people are struggling with things that the typical tests don't show. Yeah, for sure, and and that there's been judgment on either side around um, and I, I'm finding that more, as more people heal the judgment and <laughs> remember that we're humans and trying to connect um, because we're stronger 
the more we can even connect with people who have a difference of opinion. I mean, I grew up in a household around a dinner table where it was very normal not to agree with people. It didn't mean we loved anyone less. It didn't mean that um, we couldn't stay connected. It just meant like, I think this way, you think that way? Okay. Like, exactly. you know, it wasn't always the best for our digestion, some dinner tables. But, <laughs> but yeah, that makes sense. You know, right. it's better not to be arguing from an, mm-hmm. during dinner while you're trying to digest other things, but um, like food. But uh, ultimately, we need to be able to digest everything, you know, our emotions, our experiences, our food, our, you know, our connections, who we're in relationship with. And, um, yeah. So. Yeah. Actually, that is, I mean, ironically, I grew up in a house um, where my dad, who's passed away, um, but he was a Republican and my mom was a Democrat. So for me, you could love somebody deeply and be on opposite sides of the yeah. political spectrum. It wasn't an issue in our family. They just, when it came to voting day, voted differently for for their own specific reasons, but loved each other deeply. So that's how Team Humanity, some of that is how Team Humanity for me came about in my first trip then, after I'd met people online and there was a... Yeah, so you meet people online who are also injured after taking one of the COVID shots. Yeah. And you're connecting online and comparing stories and you start to see certain patterns that are emerging across your stories. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And then we're supporting each other because we're struggling so much when we're going into the emergency rooms. Like, we're helping each other advocate for ourselves. So we know what tests to ask for or what to look for. Um, And then then we headed to Washington, D.C. A bunch of us headed to Washington, D.C. And I ended up meeting Kim Witzak on... (laughs) Who's been uh, on our show multiple times. Yeah, and she's an amazing human being. Amazing advocate and human, yep. And uh, for those who might be new to the show, she is um, a global drug safety advocate after her husband, Woody, had Zoloft-induced suicide. Um, for taking Zoloft for sleep issues. And there are four previous shows that you can dive all in on that story, but she has continued her advocacy work all these years later and and, um, came into Susanna's sphere um, when you went to Washington, D.C. So tell us about that. Yeah. So um, ironically, since she's from Minnesota, I met her in Washington, D.C., but I was on Senator Ron Johnson's panel for the vaccine injured with Kim. And, you know, I had been a lifelong Democrat. Sometimes I find myself politically homeless um, (laughs) now. I think it's more about coming together. But when we were on the panel, one of the people also going mentioned getting red shirts. And I thought to myself, this isn't about like a Republican issue. And this isn't about a Democrat issue. This is really about humanity. People, some people who get the shots ended up having an adverse reaction and we need to support them just from a humanity standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, the intersection of red and blue equals purple. So why don't we, you know, you have your purple purple team humanity shirt on right now. Yeah, it's awesome. Purple's relevant for Minnesota with Prince and the Vikings, if you like them. Um, So anyway, then I I just really realized I, I had a unique vantage point, maybe having been a Democrat and then it just felt so divisive like I the the dividing politically like this is what you're supposed to do and these people are following the rules and these this is what you're not supposed to do and these people aren't following the rules like it's out of an old old playbook yeah it just felt wrong to me and it I I saw it and I think it was just holding us all back and the anger there rather than like the unity. Like mm-hmm. if we could just, like you said, have dinner together and have a different opinion, but still have deep love. And then to see other people suffering without having to like look at them in disgust. Like I have, I have had politicians who I happen to have voted for, like look at me with anger and disgust because I'm trying to advocate for those of us who ended up injured and it just 
breaks my heart. It doesn't have to be that way. I think it if we can understand that everybody, everybody in the pandemic experienced trauma in yep. some way, shape, or form. My trauma was primarily from the vaccine injury. Other people's trauma, losing their jobs. Other people's trauma could be they lost a loved one to COVID or their family shunned them because they didn't get the vaccine or the other way, like somebody won't talk to them because they did get the vaccine. It's just we have to hold each other with more compassion and step back and realize that each one of us human beings, we're really trying our best all of the time. And if somebody's completely dysregulated, it means, and they're unkind, it means something's not going on right with inside themselves. So if we could just pause, turn off our phones and start looking at each other and seeing each other with a little more grace and humanity, I think we could move mountains, but, um, and I, and I, I hope, and I feel like maybe we're trending in that direction to some degree. It, it feels that way. It feels like more, at least to me, more and more people are pausing, getting curious. I mean, I think one of the, um, pauses for me was the repeated mantra of safe and effective. Um, and, I don't know. I was raised in Western medical background with my parents being doctors and nurses and um, then was a doula for a long time doing doula work and also doing perinatal hospice doula work, which means that the womb becomes um, the hospice. The Like if you know your baby isn't going to uh, be able to have a long life outside of the womb. And in that work and training, it was always uh, during birth or during supporting people in pregnancy, a risk-benefit analysis that there's – and also from my study with Ayurveda, there's not a one-size-fits-all for healthcare, And what is beneficial for one may be risky for another. And so as people move – toward whatever their healing journey looks like, because I think everyone's on a healing journey of some sort, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And what's the risk benefit? You know, like, and how does that proposed solution, does it stimulate my soma, body, mind, and spirit in a way that is nourishing, supportive, regulating the nervous system and all the tissues? Or is it one that actually I can't digest, it would give me a reaction, um, it's not the right, you know, I need herbs instead of a pharmaceutical. And for some, they might need a pharmaceutical instead of herbs. I mean, you know, so it's a larger conversation. So when everything was safe and effective, safe and effective, please don't ask questions. My very nature is to be curious, dive in, and start to do a risk-benefit analysis. And um, because people were speaking out, like yourself, about what you had experienced and have had that bravery, we gained more, in terms of people around you, gained more access into that maybe the safe and effective, there was more underneath that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important to, if you want to follow the science, realize that reactions are a huge part of the science, right? Like anytime you study a reaction, you can maybe try and figure out what what do all these people have in common? Is yeah. it a connective tissue thing? Are they all hypermobile, for example. Mm -hmm. I mean, why not? It's curious. Why not try and figure that out in order to help avoid other people from having a reaction like that instead of saying it's for everyone. It's safe for everyone. There is no pharmaceutical out there that's safe for everyone. And there were so many things to support our immune system that weren't being encouraged, like sunlight, exercise, connection, good food, um, vitamin D, uh, some basic low-hanging fruit, good breath practices, uh, uh, that staying active, that 
also made me curious as a yoga, you know, yoga therapist and Ayurvedic health counselor that I was like, how come we're glossing over some of this? But tell us, um, because we're going to take a pause here in a minute, and I want people to hear how can they connect with Minnesota Team Humanity, and then we're going to talk more about how that organization came to be when we return. Sounds good. Yeah, the best way to connect with us is on our Substack, and that is teamhumanity.substack.com. For me, it's really important for the injured to find us since it's such a lonely place to be. So if you are injured, please reach out, comment there, and I will circle back with you. Uh, And I I just think it's so hard to be alone. So we want to make sure you know you're not alone and that there is an organization. We've got like 120 people in Minnesota. But that teamhumanity.substack.com is the best place to find us. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that resource and actually creating that resource because it's, I know, a vital, um, it's been a vital lifeline for many. And um, we also don't want those that have been injured from taking the COVID shots to feel alone. So I'm glad that you said yes to my invitation and I'm looking forward to more continued conversation when we return to exploring sovereignty with Elizabeth. At some point, we've all probably felt like we're stuck in a rut when it comes to our health. Whether it's something physical, digestive, or emotional, you may have even gone to the doctor only to feel like the root causes weren't being addressed. So why not try another approach? This is Dr. Erica Way with Beyond Chiropractic. I'm a holistic practitioner that will take the time to empower you to transform so you can manifest your optimal life. At Beyond Chiropractic, we use QNRT, Quantum Neuro Reset Therapy. QNRT resets the brain's response to emotional triggers by addressing past and present trauma. By resetting the brain's response to emotional trauma, you can clear the way for your physical body to heal. Don't let unresolved issues hold you back. Go to beyondchiropractic.com and discover the answers your health deserves. Find out more and how to book an appointment at beyondchiropractic.com. At the School for Higher Consciousness, we are committed to raising the level of consciousness on the planet by educating and empowering people to grow, evolve, and live well. We are dedicated to supporting people through this critical time on the planet. Our classes provide a path that deeply connects you to your inner power and higher levels of consciousness. We inspire, teach, and empower people to develop the skills and practices needed to energetically heal, grow, and connect more fully to their life purpose. Learn more at schoolforhigherconsciousness.com, schoolforhigherconsciousness.com. I'm Elizabeth Sullivan, owner of Soma Soul Sovereignty. I teach people to transform and heal their bodies, minds, and spirits and manifest higher consciousness. My hope with Soma Soul Sovereignty is that you open up to the power to heal yourself. We believe the power to heal is within each of us. It supports us coming home to ourselves and our authenticity. The alchemy of Soma Yoga, Ayurveda, energy medicine, and multidimensional healing is a synergistic approach that supports the self-healing state within and around us. It is filled with common sense and a deep understanding of the beauty for life and consciousness. It reminds us that our true divine nature is light aligned with love, and when we orientate toward it, much releases, heals, and transforms. Experience the power and freedom within and ways to support your body, mind, and spirit being unified. Soma Soul Sovereignty, awaken to your light within. For more information, visit elizabethsullivan.love or somasoulsovereignty.com. That's somasoulsovereignty.com. Welcome back to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth. We are speaking with heart-centered thought leader and advocate Susanna Newell from Minnesota Team Humanity, and Susanna um, is in studio with us talking about how she has been on her own spiritual growth since her injury from taking the second COVID vaccine shot back in April 13th of 2021 and going from 
doing 150 bike, 150 mile bike rides and triathlons to 30 hours later being on a couch, fatigued beyond belief, like you had run six triathlons, done six triathlons. You don't just run a triathlon. Sorry, I haven't done a triathlon. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. I've done a marathon, but not a triathlon. It's a lot of running. Um, anyway, and and your journey since that point of like how do you heal and how do you bring people together in conversation um, because there was and has been and still is somewhat some divisiveness around it. There are people that don't even want to believe that vaccine injuries happen or have happened, and there are others that are awake to that fact and um, know people or have lost people because of it. Um, and so it's tender space that we're in today, and we invite those who are listening to definitely take care of yourself as you listen to Susanna's story and her journey um, into advocacy, really, and and your own healing journey. So you start to meet people online who have similar symptom patterns that correlate with having taken the shot. And um, I've heard doctors say, like, even up, you know, that those symptom patterns and the correlation, some people say, can be even as long as six weeks or longer. I don't know if there's really a timeline on that, but yeah, I'm not. I yeah, I I think the closer to the time you got your shot, but at the same time, I, I, I'm not sure. I think it's too new. We yeah. need to study it. We need to get curious, like mm-hmm. you said earlier. Yeah. yeah. And so you connect with people, and out of this connection, instead of staying in the political divide landscape that happened correlating with the the, the shot as a solution, um, Minnesota Team Humanity emerges. Tell us, like, who brought that forward, and um, what does Minnesota Team Humanity do? Yeah, great question. Uh, so when I was on the panel with Kim Witzak, you know, and and mentioned, hey, let's have purple T-shirts. Let's not be red versus blue because injuries are not that. Um, Then we created a a larger group, and that was more national and international. But within Minnesota, I thought it was very, very important to have in-person community Mm -hmm. so that we could support one another here and point each other to the neurologists that were listening or to the functional medicine doctors where we're finding some relief and to come together in in support and a, a safe place where people can feel their feelings and be scared, angry, sad, and joyful when they're having a good day. Like all of it together with people who, who get you. So we started meeting... Um, well, actually, I randomly met somebody right next to me on the Mississippi River um, who had also had a vaccine injury immediately after her Moderna shot. So we had met together in person in June. And then when I went to D.C., I met Kim. And then I met another woman from Minnesota, Kate. And then we started gathering together. And then we kept meeting in People kept finding out about us, and we kept meeting more and more Minnesotans with injuries. And I just thought, well, we need to come together and support each other. And then we met other people who were not injured, like Kim and another woman, Lori, who had reached out to you, who were willing to help us despite the fact that they weren't injured. Like, help without an agenda to not use the vaccine injured for, mm-hmm. you know, politicking, but really support. So we kind of kicked off even bigger, I'd say, in March of 2022. Or 2022, yes. And then um, just started meeting on a more regular basis. So on a monthly basis, just kind of forming and connecting both the non-injured supporters and the injured. So I thought that part was beautiful because when you see support groups, usually it's just the people who Mm -hmm. are dealing or struggling with X, Y, or Z. But for us, we had people standing beside us and holding us up when we weren't feeling well or delivering soup or, 
you know, calling us and checking in on us. So just a whole series of beautiful support coming from people who didn't really have a stake in the game. They had a heart in the game. And that just Mm -hmm. felt so much, so much like what I was hoping for. This kind of like, like everyone take a deep breath, pause, look at the suffering and support one another. Because even if you're an injured supporter, you like, you had your own trauma throughout the pandemic, whether your family stopped talking to you if you didn't get the shot or all those other things that we mentioned earlier. So it just became super important to me as I was having phone call after phone call, hours and hours on the phone with Minnesotans struggling, in pain. Um, you know, I, I have to use a wheelchair from time to time. I can't walk more than like a block, like four blocks. And if I have to you go personally, f- yeah, right now even. And like I have better days and not better days. Like I just did a little short round of steroids and I could go farther than four blocks during those days, but I'm off them again. So just this, like even me using a handicapped parking spot, I have a walker and a wheelchair and then the stool. I prefer to use the stool because I can walk, but I think we do so much like looking at people and judging like, oh, why is that woman taking that handicap spot? And <laughs> she looks like she's walking just fine. And I like I have to use the scooters in the store. Like there's too much stimulation. It's like my autonomic nervous system is completely out of whack. Frankly, it's a lot like long COVID. And with long COVID, that's a real thing that our government's willing to talk about. So are vaccine injuries, but we're not willing to talk about it. At least it feels like. We have a long, long way to go before we're more open about Before the government's more open to admitting or talking yes, about it. Yes, because of the, I think, the very deep ingrained safe and effective. So they said it was safe and effective. Some people got hurt. Most people don't know that you have no legal rights if you are injured by the COVID vaccine because of a law that went into place in 1986. And then a more recent law with the PrEP Act that went in for the COVID vaccine specifically. So other vaccines have vaccine injury compensation court, but the COVID vaccine still does not. So like people need to know that, that if this does happen to you, if you end up being injured, you're financially on your own physically you're on your own because the doctors don't quite know what to do for vaccine injuries or even long COVID. Like, and then socially and emotionally, it feels like you're on your own, but not if you're in Minnesota. Emotionally and socially, (laughs) our community, Team Humanity, is here for you. Um, But it's hard. So much was, you know, it seemed like it was being, you know, there were so many mandates, which actually weren't from my understanding of what I've read, because it was under emergency use authorization, you couldn't mandate. Yeah, I don't even know the ins but, and outs of that piece of it, but like that's a good point. I mean, I think the mandates, again, like when you think about spirituality and human people's nervous systems, you're backing somebody into a corner. They're going to lose their job if they don't get the vaccine. And with something so new and no safety net to catch people, like it's concerning to me that we would mandate something and not have a safety net to support people. And it especially concerning if they're six months old and they can't speak for themselves with Mm. all of the scary stuff that happens. It's It's like if it happens to you, you have to normalize things that would normally send people to the ER. Like I've had blood pressures of 160 over 120 and I still don't go to the ER. I've been there enough and I I just hope I'm going to make it. Like I get, yeah, it's just the experience is so intense and frankly, they don't know what to do you when you get there for the most part. And I think that is still true of long COVID, but we're talking about long COVID a little more. That being said, I don't want to minimize the long COVID experience. I understand the long COVID experience because my sim- it's very similar for me too. And it's scary and awful. And I'm sure most people with long COVID are deathly afraid of getting getting COVID again and making it worse. And I mean, I'm afraid of getting COVID again. I did get it finally for the very, very first time. And I was tested many times, but in January of this year. So 
Uh, and it did make my symptoms personally. They, it made my symptoms worse. But to your point earlier, everybody's different. So you're not going to know unless, you know, you're not going to know. And then transitioning into the healing journey. Yeah. And when, but right before we transition there, because I do want you to speak to that. I mean, you when you originally took it back in 2021 and the first one before that, um, they said it would stop transmission. And since then, why don't you just update? Because some people don't follow it as closely. Yeah, no, that the, the, the vaccine definitely does not stop transmission or, you know, you couldn't get COVID yourself from getting the vaccine or get COVID from somebody who got the vaccine and then gave COVID to you. So I think most people know that piece of the effective isn't effective from stopping transmission. Right. I think... Um, and I and I really don't know, and we need more studies. Like yeah, how effective sure. the vaccine is at like keeping people out of the hospital. I think that we need to study that as well. But for me, I'm I'm mostly concerned about the studying adverse events that are getting brushed under the rug. We know that like in the VAR system, ninety percent of adverse events reported are from five percent of the batches, and that kind of screams manufacturing air. I'm connected with six other people who had my same lot number. Um, one is the father of a 16-year-old boy who's deceased. He died within days of getting his shot with the same lot number that mm. I did. So I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, it's heartbreaking. And, that, you know, there's some survivor guilt there for me. Why did I, you know, having a longer life, end up alive and his 16-year-old son passed away. Like, it's just, again, we should get curious and dive in. and Curious and compassionate and connected. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and yes. communicate. Yes. All the C's. All the curious, C words. compassionate, connected, and communicate. Yeah. It, so, it shouldn't be that hard, right? But mm -hmm. it is for some reason. And I think, you know, social media and, it, like, all those things online versus in person. I mean, it's giving us some great abilities to do things that we couldn't do in the past. And for people who have mobility issues, which I also understand um, that they can get access to things that they didn't have before. So there are definitely some benefits. But I think sitting side by side with people and face to face and coming together in community is so powerful. And is something we need to do more of because it's hard to hate people up close. You may yeah. think differently than them, but like to actually. That's beautiful. Hate it's hard them. to hate people up close. Yeah. So I think it, I mean. So, yeah. So you, sorry, finish your no, thought. No, I, I, no, you go. You I go just want to yeah. make sure that I, I'd love our listeners to hear because you've been on quite the healing journey and you've found some things that have actually been really supportive and you've tried other things that haven't. Yeah. Um, why don't you share a little bit of what's worked for you and it may work for others. It may not depending on how it works. You know, right. everyone's different. Yeah, and I, I think that point is key. Um, it's really been a spiritual journey for me to go inside and start trusting that my body knows what it needs and starting to listen internally for the signals um, that my body is sending me in regards to what's working or not working, I think. Initially, out of the gate, it was so scary, and, you know, I really did think that it was the end. Um, I was frantically searching externally in Western medicine, and then it seemed like they didn't know what was going on and couldn't really help me besides masking some symptoms temporarily with more pharmaceuticals. And frankly, I'd been harmed by a pharmaceutical, so I was more and still am more gun-shy, but I do... Um, do use them. I kind of land somewhere in the middle to between Western medicine and although more leaning towards natural medicine at this point, I find uh, more support there. So some things that I'm trying that are working for me, and again, to your point, just because they work for me doesn't mean they'll work for everyone, but red light therapy gives me a little bit of energy and some pain relief. Like I have 
my main issues now are debilitating fatigue and pain down my spine. Um, and that fatigue is the part that keeps me from walking long distances. It's not that my leg doesn't work. My legs, initially it was my right leg that wasn't working. But I, I get so fatigued and I have something called postural orthostatic tachycardia. It's POTS for short, which is like when you sit upright or you stand, your blood rushes to your feet and then your heart rate goes up so high. It's like you're jogging, but you're just standing there. Um, and then another thing I have is, like, on my EMG, it shows that my muscles are fibrillating. So they're, like, just constantly activating, and which obviously would and make you tired. And both of these you didn't have before. No, no. Yeah. I had I had no underlying health conditions that I knew of. Like, mm-hmm. I was fine. I was very active. I was healthy and yeah. living a busy life. But So red light therapy, Epsom salt baths. For the win, let me just say. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody should. Everyone can benefit from an episode. Oh, yeah. yeah that Most is, likely. Or, yeah. or at least a bath. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, sometimes the heat gets to me because it kind of opens your blood vessels and then sends my heart rate higher. But uh, if I don't turn it too hot. But the Epsom, the magnesium and the Epsom salt is just gives me temporarily temporary relief. Um, I started doing yoga therapy with a friend. It doesn't include a ton of movement because I don't move really well. Like I can't do downward dogs right now from a postural standpoint um, and many other typical yoga things. But just really, again, trying to work with her. She helps me in getting more in touch with myself so I can figure out what is most supportive to me rather than constantly on this external search for mm-hmm. the magic pill because there isn't a magic pill i took that magic pill steroid <laughs> over like the last few days just to get a relief from the pain and i got a relief from the pain and i got a relief from the fatigue steroids are not a long-term solution but it also came with severe irritability that my family <laughs> had to deal with and then insomnia and increased tachycardia like increased heart palpitations and then increased tinnitus which is ringing in your ears so like although it was like a nice temporary break I just know it's not my long-term solution and is more of a prop that I can use from time to time when I'm really stuck in in deep pain uh, deep physical pain but I, I think trying to get closer to understanding some of my own triggers and some of the things that keep my nervous system active, like why are my muscles in fight or flight? Like I'm not I'm not here in a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be more comfortable and beautiful in here with you having <laughs> this conversation. And, you know, even if I'm lying resting on the couch, my muscles are still active. So it's really a matter of going internally and trying to regulate my own nervous system, that that fight or flight part of me, which I think will help all parts of me and absolutely can and does. What's interesting, though, with this journey is the whole tachycardia and your heart pounding really hard. You could be doing absolutely nothing, and then all of a sudden you're just on a long heart pounding run and it's scary and most people would go to the ER for that but you just have to normalize these things and move forward so I never want anyone of your listeners to think that this is like something that you can control with your head it's not about like your head it's really about supporting your whole body so Mm -hmm. I think that we often we say you know mind body connection but often we think the mind can control the body, but the body can also, you know, help influence the mind. Yeah. I once heard the body never lies. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. you know, the mind can, might play tricks on us at times, but the body never lies. Mm-hmm. And so the more we can befriend our body when it's whispering versus when it has to shout at us, the yes. quicker the um, the quicker we can come back into harmony with our body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mind being in harmony mm-hmm. with our body. Um, so that's always been, and obviously what we're sharing here isn't like, 
We're not diagnosing. We're not <laughs> telling you to go out and do X, Y, or Z. We're just offering um, one person's journey, which is an important journey because it represents a lot of others who haven't had voice for their journey. And we want to build connection. Exactly. That That is really the whole reason I started Team Humanity, too, to build this community. And then realizing that if I was struggling this much, if I was struggling with health insurance and trying to get them to pay for different, I'm still struggling with health insurance. Like Denials for claims of treatments my doctors recommended, including physical therapy, which has been really helpful if you find the right physical therapist. And then acupuncture actually is another thing that I'm taking. But it's just insane what people have to go through. It's not okay that you were mandated to take a shot or encouraged to take a shot and you ended up completely on your own financially, physically, emotionally. That isn't right. And so that's why Team Humanity is really here in Minnesota. Um, And really Team Humanity can be a thing beyond the vaccine injured, right? It's Mm -hmm. just we show up and we spread kindness and look at each other with our sympathy, empathy, understanding of what an intense journey it is to be a human and how suffering happens to all people, even if you can't see it on the outside. Beautifully said. Where can people find Minnesota Team Humanity? At um, The best place to find us is teamhumanity.substack.com. Um, that would probably be the best place. Or you can find me personally on Twitter, Susanna Newell, or on Facebook. I'm not great about keeping up with some of the social media as I'm working on my healing journey. Um, but reach out to me, message me there. And especially if you're injured, I hate that you're suffering, suffering alone. And I'd love to, you know, just talk with you and, and share and understand your journey because I get it. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Susanna, for coming in studio and sharing your story and your healing journey and um, all the advocacy work and the connection work you're doing to bridge all of us together so we can all heal and rise up our beautiful human selves. Thank Thank you. you so much. I really appreciate it. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and Susanna, and we hope you find pathways that set yourself free and in your authentic, sovereign self.